straight out of Austin, Texas. It's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, Statesman Sports Columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 295, brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. I'm Cedric Golden, as usual, joined by the Duck, Kirk Bowles. Spring football is over. So glad it's over because we can't, we can't <laughs> get to the fall till the spring's over. So, But we got a Longhorn legend, great, great guest. He's a mainstay on the Longhorn Network and easily one of our favorite athletes to ever cover in the burnt orange. Fozzie Whitaker joins us. Fozzie, what's up, man? Man, how you all doing, Cedric? Kirk, it's good to see you all. I've been having a blast covering this team, man. It's a new-look team, and it seems like there's some newfound energy uh, around the Austin area and the football program. So I'm excited to see what these guys can put together over the summer and roll out for, for the season whenever it comes about. Yeah, there was a big buzz Saturday, big crowd. Uh, what would you say your biggest takeaways uh, from the spring game, Fozzie? I think whenever I, I look at this team, uh, I'm really impressed with the depth at, at quite a few of the positions. And that's something that Texas hasn't necessarily had over right. the past few seasons uh, and across multiple positions. Usually you can find one position here or there uh, that had really good depth, but you couldn't find it. I guess, consistent across the board. And I think it starts up front in the trenches where this new look Texas team, Steve Sarkeesian, has been building for the past two seasons. This is a team that whenever they come off the bus, man, they look entirely different than any other Texas team I've ever seen. Uh, And that just is the truth with how big they are, how massive those starting five offensive linemen that are coming back look uh, and on the defensive line, how massive they are and explosive that they are as well. So I think Steve Sarkeesian has done a great job recruiting uh, to be able to build up that size, be able to build up the strength and explosiveness and have these big guys still being able to be flexible, bending and moving. Uh, But it doesn't stop in the trenches, man. I, I see uh, what they're doing at the receiver position. And this is probably as deep as a receiver core as I've seen it, especially with the top four guys uh, that I assume will be planning to contribute uh, in a major way for this season. I mean, the quarterback position is as stacked as it's ever been as well uh, but with the amount of talent in there. And then I go on the defensive side of the ball and the transfer portal helping out on the cornerback position and the safety position in that secondary, uh, the linebacker, I can still see some room for improvements there, but it's still in a solid position with Jalen Ford, Maurice Blackwell, guys that have played meaningful football for this Texas program. Fuzzy, I, um, I'm so glad you said that about the size of alignment. Uh, Kirk, I know you remember this. We, I think it was Jimbo Fisher's first or second season at AM. And, and Kirk and I went down to College Station uh, just, you know, mm-hmm. to, write, to write some stuff on AM. And their guys were walking through. And I looked at Kirk. Do you remember this, Doug? I go, Texas doesn't have guys like that. Texas mm-hmm. doesn't have six or seven, 370, 360 pound guys walking around. They were huge. And those were SEC linemen. And this is what we see Sark building now. 
DJ Campbell, Kelvin Banks. Those are some big, massive, <laughs> massive dudes. And, and that's the only way they're going to be able to get it done over there. And, and um, Duck, I'll let, I'll let you answer this. Um, for him to say that he's almost too deep up front, how far has this program come in recruiting of offensive linemen? Yeah, well, you know, they start so many freshmen last year. Started like two freshmen, three started at one time, and a couple backups were freshmen. That that tells you you're desperate because you know, you know, Fozzie coaches don't want to start freshmen right. if they can avoid it. But that's how talented the freshmen were and are. Whenever you uh, talk about it's, that, that uh, depth. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one thing Sark told us after the post game was that when he was asked about that and he said, yeah, well, you know, the last couple of years, you, uh, your start might go down, you know, man, there might be a little drop off when you have the backup and uh, it's all about depth. And it's also about competition, isn't it, Fozzie, in practice that you want that depth because you want the backups to push those starters so did you think anybody jumped out at you, Fozzie, like, boy, I don't know if they were going to get more playing time in March, but, boy, coming out of this game, they're kind of forcing Sark's hand and probably going to get on the field. Well, if we're, if we're talking in general, uh, I think a guy that looked really good in the spring game was Jaden Blue, uh, and that's probably going that to be run. the wow. biggest question mark. Uh, how do you replace the talent yeah. of B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, who will be – starting their NFL careers here in, in uh, about a week and a half or so. How do you replace that type of talent? Um, and we saw that run that you all are talking about as well. And at the end of the second quarter, guys flips through the line and makes linebacker miss and then gets to the second level, finds a way to make the safety miss, does a complete spin, has another guy miss, and he finds a way to get into the end zone. And that's the explosive type runs that Texas will need to look to have in order to replace some of the contribution that those two guys that are leaving was able to do at a high rate a season ago. So uh, I'm thinking Jaden Blue really made a name for himself. He had been doing that throughout the course of camp as well. Uh, and even in the small little bit of time that he got at the end of last season uh, and, and some of the mop-up time, you can see he showed some flashes uh, with his ability to be able to hit the home run ball. So I think Jaden Blue found a way to uh, get himself on the field in some form or, so, or in some capacity, uh, knowing that it may be an approach of running back by committee to begin with for the season. I want to but it doesn't seem like Shark wants that, though, does he? At all. He said not about that a lot. At he all. wants a feature back. Absolutely. I, I think Jonathan Brooks is going to still be the guy that will come out of the gates with the, the first offense, but I wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. to see more rotation into how these guys play in the game. And we saw that with Bijan and Roshan. I mean, we, we saw Roshan get probably about 40% of slaps on one game and Bijan would get the other 60. And, you know, here we are questioning like, man, how do you take Bijan out? And it's like, well, in order to keep them fresh throughout the course of <laughs> yeah. the four four quarters, uh, whenever you got a workhorse like Roshan be able to come in, the drop-off isn't that steep. Uh, and I think that same type of mentality will apply if Jonathan Brooks get in there in order to keep all these guys fresh. You can see an insertion of 
Keelan Robinson, obviously you see his insertion of Jaden Blue and then possibly even the young pup C.J. Baxter himself. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in time all four of the guys will touch the ball or be in the game uh, throughout the course of, of the season early on, especially. Need to talk about these quarterbacks. Now, when um, Arch Manning walks onto the field, <laughs> it was like the Roman Coliseum oh, yeah. opened up and, and, and the Spaniard, played by Russell Crowe in Gladiator, <laughs> walked, rode in on a chariot. They went nuts. Absolutely. And he, he was just like, ah, okay, I'm a freshman. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a finished product, and Malik Murphy, who gets the start, doesn't get that pop. Mm-hmm. But then he starts dropping dimes, deep dimes, intermediate dimes, mm-hmm. short dimes. He's already better than Quinn on the short stuff. We see that already. He has got that touch. What did he do for himself? And I'm going to ask you a really tough question. Yeah. That's a starting quarterback in college football, potentially. We saw Mm -hmm. that talent. Will he start a game at Texas? Ooh, that's that's a good question right there. First off, one thing that I do want to highlight is the, the performance of Quinn Ewers and Malik Murphy. Mm-hmm. These were two guys this past Saturday. They looked absolutely superb. Uh, and I thought Quinn Ewers looked a step better than what he was able to put on display from a consistency standpoint throughout the course of the season. He looked like he took the next step uh, to be able to be more mature and more comfortable in the pocket. Now, part of that may be due to the fact that that offensive line is all coming back and they got a year underneath their belt. So they look like they're more in tune to be able to, to protect him in the pocket. But he looked very comfortable uh, on Saturday and made some really good throws and had some good decision making all all game long. Uh, same way with Malik Murphy. I mean, he was the most efficient out there on Saturday. I thought he performed the best on Saturday as well. Uh, One place that Texas was looking to get better at was being able to complete the deep shots. Uh, And we saw Malik Murphy back to back drop two beautiful downs right in the bread basket to the receivers. I mean, to DeAndre Moore, the first one, obviously, he's probably still beating himself up a little bit for for missing that that post. That that was just a beautiful ball and got behind the secondary. That's 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 the plays you got to make. But guess what? Second and 10, Coach Sark said we're going to dial it up again. Malik Murphy, go find Jontae Cook, another freshman receiver who is going to uh, probably see some field time whenever the season rolls around. Jontae Cook catches the over-shoulder pass beautifully on the sideline and goes in and takes it the distance. Um, And that's what was very special with Malik Murphy was like, this guy was completing the short, intermediate, and deep passes that you were talking about, and he made it look easy. Like his arm talent is extremely special. Uh, He kind of was the forgotten guy. Right. Everybody talked about yeah. Quinn Ewers, 100 composite rating, all everything transferring from Ohio State a season ago, going to be the starting quarterback. And then you got Arch Manning, you know, football's golden boy, the son of the Manning household, bringing up that lineage, coming in five star recruit from Louisiana, doing everything that you want a recruit to be able to do and look like uh, Malik Murphy sitting here like, man, I 
you know, I, I broke my, my leg trying to wheel my team to a state championship in California. I wasn't completely healthy throughout the course of the season. I started off the spring ball practices, not being able to practice because I was still having some issues from a, a standpoint of injuries. Uh, but I'm here. That's what Malik Murphy uh, conveyed to me is that I am here. There's a reason why Steve Sarkeesian traveled to California plucked me from my school and said, hey, I am bringing you back with me to Texas. And he was able to showcase that in the spring game very well. So um, him starting a game, I don't think is far-fetched. And the reason why I say that is because Texas over the past few seasons have not had a starting quarterback start the year and finish the year uninjured. And there have been times where other guys have had to step in. Uh, You look at two seasons ago and you got the battle between Casey Thompson, Hudson Carr. Casey Thompson wins out. Hudson Carr plays several games in replacement of Casey Thompson. You look at last year, Quinn Ewers, Hudson Carr. Quinn Ewers gets the start. Hudson Carr comes in and plays multiple games in place of Quinn Ewers. And I don't see that trend changing unless there's a way that you can make football less soft, right? (laughs) Because that's just the nature of the game. It's a physical sport. It's a physical game. So as injuries happen, your offense is only going to be as good as your second string quarterback. And if that is Malik Murphy, I believe this offense is heading in a great position because Malik Murphy looked outstanding on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's why they got to get Malik some reps, especially in that opener Absolutely. against Rice. You know, it's like, and where would Texas have been last year without Hudson Card? You know, he, right. he, he finished the Alabama game. They could have won it. You know, if Ryan watched sacks, Bryce Young, maybe they win that game. And, <laughs> And nearly saved, nearly saved the bacon against Tech. Yes, yes he did. Yeah. And so, and Malik, it's, it's you know, you know what it's like if you're injured, Fozzie. We don't have to tell you. You're the <laughs> oh my God. guy, right? We're not, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that bad rug in Missouri. I'm still not. Oh, my goodness. I'm not over that. We'll leave, we'll leave it in 2011. And Henry Josie on the same day. Too soon. Too bad soon. Bad rug. <laughs> And but then they the replaced thing. the they replaced the rug the the next season the following season I know oh yeah, oh, yeah. I know but you can you, you know and get... I don't get out too off topic Kurt I've never seen a football team more crushed by the loss of one player than that team when Fozzie got hurt those guys were were tearful the next Monday and 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 everybody was lining up for the next three weeks to wear Fozzie's jersey number in the next game. That's leadership, man. And when and 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 I'm that's I'm getting to that point. How important and Quinn yours is a laid back cat. Mm-hmm. He's laid back. Yeah. How important is it that he take a step forward in the leadership department and be more vocal and be and be more animated with his teammates? Because how many laid back quarterbacks do we know that have ever won anything? They don't <laughs> it, win. It's not it's not too many that you see from that perspective. And it's funny because I was having a conversation with Mike Hodge and Rod Babers yesterday nice. about the leadership okay. of this team. Uh, and, and I said the exact same thing. Quinn Ewers is going to have to be the guy that steps up, not just from uh, the physical standpoint and his presence always being there, but he's going to have to show it on the vocal end of things. If, you know, he wants this team to get to the level that Coach Sark wants this team to get at, then it's going to be half. It's going to have to be led by the players, and there's nobody better to lead players than your quarterback, who's typically your your designated leader 
Uh, and that's kind of what he does. He has the most on his plate. He also has a, a ton of expectations that he's trying to live up to. But Steve Sarkeesian's putting this team, including including Quinn Ewers, in the position to be very successful. And it's going to start with how these players view what leader they're able to follow. And I think Quinn Ewers has to be the right type of leader in order to get the most out of this team if they expect to win a Big 12 championship this year, because I feel like they have that type of talent. But he's going to have to continue to stay vocal. Uh, Talked a little bit about this with Jordan Whittington at the end of the spring game. He was able to come down and hop on set with us on Longhorn Network. And even Jordan Whittington talked about how he's had to become more vocal because a season ago, that vocal leader was Roshan Johnson. Absolutely. He was the one always showing up in people's faces. He was the one celebrating. He was the one going challenging the defense, saying, hey, y'all get us a stop. We'll figure out how to do the rest. Um, And everybody followed underneath what he was able to do. And I think between Jordan Whittington and Quinn Ewers, both of those guys are going to have to find out what spark or what button they're going to have to press in order to get this team to the next level of making it back into that Big 12 championship game. And they both kind of changed their fitness routine. I know Jordan told y'all he yes. gave up Bluebell ice cream for a whole Ooh. month. <laughs> oh, that'd be rough. Wow. That would be rough. And, 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 you know, Quinn said the same thing. He said he's eating better. You know, his 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 – he, you know, like you wrote, said he hadn't lost that much weight, but he's packaged better. And the other thing mm-hmm. I like is, is how I think I feel like I let the fans down last year. You know, to me, mm-hmm. that kind of humility and resolve to do better speaks well. I'm like you guys. I, I want my quarterback fiery. You know, I want to see Tom Brady out there. And about the only guy I know quiet and soft-spoken who was a big winner was Eli Manning. That's it. You know, he, he didn't That's show true. much emotion, you know. But uh, I just, you know, Quinn comes across so meek and mild-mannered and doesn't really say a whole lot. Uh, James Brown was another one. He he wasn't yeah. a big rah-rah, you know, terrible practice player boy. Lights came on and <laughs> Brown brought it. he brought it for real. You'd be surprised, though, Kirk Coat McCoy himself. He wasn't a huge vocal leader early on. Yeah. I mean, his his redshirt freshman and sophomore year – it, it wasn't as if everybody looked to him as like, hey, if if we need to get fired up, Colt is going to be the guy to do that. Now, right. his, his junior year, that was a whole different story. And obviously, his senior year, he was the man. Right. He could do whatever he needed to do. But early on in his career, mm-hmm. you know, there were other vocal leaders, usually the older guys right. that would step up uh, and, in that role. You know, and, and Fozzie, he had that advantage when he took over for VY. Those, all of those linemen came back. He yes. Lyle Sinline, Justin Blaylock, yes. Tony Hills. Those guys, uh, Will Allen, those guys were all back. So he was exactly. playing behind an NFL offensive line. And that he didn't helped. need to be that leader right away. Did yeah, he? he didn't need exactly. to be. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but they need some leaders. I don't know what, what you saw on the defensive side, Fozzie. Uh, Anthony Hill, you know, the freshman linebacker mm-hmm. flashed. And I'm a big Terrence Brooks guy. And, and I thought Ryan Watts said, and I both thought he really – he brings a physicality that yes. maybe he didn't Bro show man. all the time last year. Bro so man. they jumped Bro out man. at me. I don't know. Anybody else on defense jump out at you, Fozzie, from yeah, definitely. Saturday? Definitely Anthony Hill was a guy that I wanted to bring up, along with who I like to call his his, his sidekick or partner in crime, uh, Leonga LaFowle. This is a guy that – both of these two guys, whenever I see them – practicing i see them working out and i see them 
uh, kind of hanging around each other because usually they're going in on the defensive side of the ball at the same time. Uh, they both have a winning type attitude and spirit. Now, we know the number of stars Anthony Hill has behind his name. That's pretty much going to afford him opportunity to see the field probably a little bit earlier, or at least on the defensive side of the ball, than Leon LaFowle. But I don't expect to see Leon LaFowle redshirting the entire season because of what he can provide, maybe in a rotational role, but specifically mm-hmm. on special teams. I nice. think he could be a really good contributor in that aspect. Uh, and he is a guy that just wants to play football. And like, mm-hmm. it, it, he, whenever you think about the guys that like in today's era, in today's society, we see everybody flashy on social media. We see everybody posting pictures. We see everybody want to be wearing yeah. the drip on the field, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Leon LaFowle, man, he shows up, no gloves, uh, no wristbands, no no nothing. He has no other attachments other than socks, cleats, pants, and jersey and pads. And it's like his work ethic is like, I'm here to play football, be a linebacker, and go make plays. And I see that day in and day out whenever I was able to watch him in practice. Uh, and I saw a little bit of that in the spring game as well. So I think he's primed to have uh, a, a opportunity to contribute along with Anthony Hill um, I'm really curious to see what Jaden Catalan can do with this defense as well. That's a guy we, we've all heard about what he's been able to do. And obviously his freshman year making the all SEC honors. Unbelievable, unbelievable with, with the talent that he brings. But obviously the, the question mark is going to be how healthy can he be? Um, right. And we know a guy right now who's had those types of question marks. Jordan Whittington, every mm-hmm. single season, it was pegged. How healthy can you be? Uh, Jay Witt was able to produce in such a great way a season ago and continuing down that path. I expect him to have another great season this year. Uh, I don't see any difference with what Jalen Catalan may be able to provide from a spark perspective with what this defense is looking for in the secondary position. I got to ask you, um, it just sounds like this is a, this is a step up year for Texas. I mean, could have been better than eight wins last year. We all agree on that. They left some it's wins worse on the table, but they're deeper. They're more experienced. You got to think Quinn is going to be better than 15 touchdowns and six picks mm-hmm. uh, last season. It sounds like a 10 win plus type season that we're talking about. Are we overhyping it? I don't think we are because on paper, they look like a team that's ready to take over the Big 12. Do you agree? I do agree. I think this is the year. And, and Steve Sarkeesian said this uh, last week. He said, this is year three. This team is starting to look like it is my team. Uh, and I think that's a testament to, to not just him, but the entire recruiting staff getting the guys that they need to get in to be able to, number one, hopefully win going out of the Big 12 in their final year. And then number two, hopefully win whenever they transition into going into the SEC. Uh, And I think that's a a huge testament because if you can look at year one to year two and the jump that was made there, you look at five and seven and eight and five. Yeah, eight and five was a disappointment, but you could see the trajectory that Steve Mm -hmm. Sarkeesian had this team on. And not to mention the losses that we saw a season ago they were all very similar to one score games uh, and, and could have been gone either way 
depending on a turnover or two. And that's showing growth because the year prior, they lost those close games. Whereas, you know, in, in 2022, they were able to come away with some of those close games. So you see the maturity level continue to increase from that standpoint. And I think the the next step in the trajectory that we've been able to follow in year three does prove that this Texas team should be and I believe is capable of winning 10 games and competing for a Big 12 championship and finding a way into at least the New Year's Six Bowl uh, at the end of the year because they are loaded with that type of talent. Uh, and like you talked about, Quinn Ewers being better, I think this team is going to go as Quinn Ewers goes. Uh, the defense made major improvements from year one to year two. I mean, anytime you can drop almost 10 points and what you were able to surrender per game on average, it's you go job. from also allowing 200 yards rusher to only 100 and I believe 37 yards rushing. So you drop almost 60, 70 yards and what you were average getting, giving up on the game, uh, on the ground uh, yards to gain. And I think that's true improvement of where we see coach PK in year three and coach Sark in year three. And I think this is just the next step of where they're trying to get to with that 10 win and hopefully a conference championship berth. I hope, I hope they can handle it because I think they're going to be the, the darlings of the media in the summer, Fozzie. <laughs> uh, Football Power Index came out this week. Yeah. They got Texas fifth in the country. And uh, it's and I don't I hate to make this comparison, but everybody was in love with AM last year. Mm-hmm. You know, they were a top 10 team and just flat fell on their face. And and uh, I, I think Texas is much better positioned to handle this, but, uh, and I don't think the league is going to be that great. TCU got decimated with mm-hmm. at the skill position. Oklahoma wasn't Oklahoma last year. Uh, you know, Baylor had an off year, Oklahoma state, Spencer Sanders is now at Ole Miss. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of ripe for the taking. And like you say, it's the first last game last season in the big 12. So it's a ripe opportunity. No question about it. Now, Kirk, I, I do have to mention though, uh, we, we say last year it was supposed to be Oklahoma in Texas and probably Iowa State having an opportunity to make a name for themselves as well. Right. And then come the season, <laughs> I guarantee you $1,000, nobody would have said TCU was going to finish the regular season undefeated. And then I, can I can probably bet another $1,000 that <laughs> nobody would have bet K-State We'll be hoisting up the Big 12 championship trophy crazy once the season finished. Yeah, crazy. it was a lot of turnover that happened between those two teams, a lot of transitions that happened between those two teams. Um, and, and I don't want to get beside myself this year and saying, you know, this could be a down year for the Big 12 because all last season I heard that. And then all last season I saw TCU step up and go play Georgia in the national championship in Kansas State, go win a Big 12 title. And then everybody talked about how the Big 12 was cannibalizing itself, right? It was like, man, you got so many good teams. They're playing each other. And freaking TCU comes out unscathed. It's like, (laughs) what just happened? So I I don't want to look, I don't want to overlook any teams within the Big 12 this season because it seems as though Texas is is primed for the picking, but we also have heard that story before. And then all of a sudden you got a team like Kansas that's bringing back all of these talented guys that's looking to make waves. Texas Tech is another team that's bringing they back hot. They really hot. good talent. I mean, nobody even really knows what Cincinnati's going to be 
with Scott Satterfield taking over year one, what Central Florida is going to be with Gus Malzahn bringing back Plumlee. Uh, I mean, even BYU. I mean, Texas has always struggled playing against BYU. Yeah, you're right. How well will they be? So it'll be interesting to see how the season plays out, but uh, it, it should be fun and intriguing to see the growth and the maturation that this Texas team takes in year three. And can they win those close games to be in a position where TCU and Kansas state were in last season? Hey, we want, we want to play hot corner with you before you leave, but before we do, I mean, you're a broadcaster. Now. You look like you could play Fozzie. Uh, <laughs> it, it, are you, <laughs> you going to be making Tony Romo money soon? <laughs> I won't be necessarily doing that, but since I own a gym uh, up in Cedar Park called Burn Boot Camp, yes, uh, it kind of helps me to to keep my body fit and, and stand, you know, kind of lean in physique as if I'm ready to go play. Now, Kirk, I can tell you right now, I'm always ready to outrun a dog just in case the dog gets loose, right? <laughs> so I, I got to, if, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So That's I'm not right. That's me. right, sir. That is right. <laughs> A, a leash on their dog so that that's what I, mean, I will say i will say this fozzy we were in the press box after the spring game and we were working on our stuff nice and cool in the ac and we looked <laughs> down in the in the north end zone and we see you brad robinson michael griffin and was it was it uh alex alex okafor was joining us too oak yep. and alex loeb came down and loeb and it was hot, and y'all, and it was it was like two hours after the game it ended. Why are you working y'all so hard? And 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 do you get a little shack outside of DKR to sleep in uh, between takes? Because I don't know what they pay you, but two hours after the game in that heat, it ain't enough, fam. It ain't enough. I can tell you right now, it was definitely unexpected to be uh, in that position for two hours. I mean. You, you you might be able to see on my. Oh yeah, we see it. You got that farmer's tan. Oh, got, I got it bad too. But I can tell you who suffered worse than me. B Rob. Uh, oh, he was he, he was he sunburned. Sunscreen. He forgot to wear sunscreen, and it showed oh, mightily. It showed a rookie mightily. mistake. He's always on the creek. He's a <laughs> rangerman. He's supposed uh, to know better, but he knows it, better. We we didn't know. You know what happened? We we drank some of the orange Kool-Aid. We were hype about Texas, and we saw Quinn Ewers and Malik Murphy, and we saw <laughs> these running backs, and we saw A.D. Mitchell making that one-handed nice. grab nice. the end zone. And we was like, it doesn't matter what the temperature is outside. We're going to make sure we talk about these young fellas. I love it. I love I it. Tell you, I can tell you, after that two hours was over with, we probably was like, we're never doing this again. <laughs> I bet we set up better next time, but – um, the, the curious thing that that typically happens and it's very unique, but it's very fun with working for Longhorn Network is sometimes we cover multiple sports right after each other. And so with the yeah. spring game happening at one mm-hmm. o'clock, the window time frame was supposed to be from one to three. But there's a little dead air in between when softball mm-hmm. starts their game. Mm-hmm. And right. so what we have to do is fill that time frame from the end of the spring game until softball starts their match to be able to make sure that it's a seamless transition to the Notice next that. I noticed next that one. when we went back and watched. So, mm-hmm. so sometimes we have to stay maybe That's 30 true. minutes extended or I, sometimes it could be in an hour, depending on how fast the post-game show uh, concludes, uh, to be able to fill in that time and make sure that it's a seamless transition to the next sport. So it's unique 
from that standpoint, because we get to uh, transition to that aspect. But uh, the son definitely didn't care how long we were out there for. It said, I'm going to bake you all brutally. And I oh, felt man. like a rotisserie chicken by the end of it. <laughs> do we have time to do this? Yeah, yeah. So, Vazi, we're going to do this hot corner. We're going to ask you like four questions. And you just got to give a quick answer. You don't even have to expound on yeah, it. It's minutes. outside the box. So yes, my yes. first one, um, uh, it's movie night at, at the Whitakers, and you're inviting uh, your two favorite couples over. What two movies are you showing at Fozzie's? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm a movie buff, too. But nice. right now, uh, I would say Remember the Titans. That's my favorite football movie. movie. Yeah, no. man, that's an awesome one. And then another one that I show is the Lego movie, animated. Got to keep it kid friendly <laughs> too. So, right. cool. okay, what would what's one skill or something that people don't know about Fozzie Whitaker? One of my favorite hobbies is taking photos. I love to take pictures. I got a camera. Uh, I'll record and take photos of my kids at their sporting events, nice. my daughter's gymnastics nice. and stuff. And I and I feel like I'm a professional photographer, but I'm not. <laughs> but I love it. Is, but hey, we all try. <laughs> or I ain't trying to get you in trouble here, but uh oh. Yeah, yeah. We asked we asked Rodney Terry this question last week, and me and him had the same answer. What's your celebrity crush? Ooh, see, you take a throwback. Mine is I still love Vanessa Williams. Oh man, classic. Class. Like I'm still throwback with it, man. I, I see her and I'll be like, man, that she is one beautiful woman. Eraser. I, I eraser. Still stay there. Oh, man. Great in eraser. So I still stay with that. I got to stick with it. Uh, Rodney Terry and I share Halle Berry. So. Ah, you can't go wrong there either. <laughs> no, huh? no, it's not a bad wrong. choice. No. <laughs> so, uh, so what did you want to be growing up? Uh, my first thing was was a professional football player. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so I've always wanted to play in the Super Bowl was was really the the ultimate thing. Uh, but then, I, yeah, I know I got to do that, so I realized my dream, that, which was really cool. Uh, outside of that, I wanted to be either a veterinarian or a zoologist because I'm an animal guy. I love animals. Mm. I got I don't even know how many pets right now. Uh, <laughs> five lizards. I got three dogs. I got a cat. I got two fish tanks. Uh, and, and I might add another one sometime soon. And two gerbils. My daughter got two gerbils, so it's 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 all over the place. So that's any, a menagerie. I'm I'm all in. You got <laughs> lizards too? Yeah, five lizards. Five, wow! Five Didn't see them. that coming? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Right, bring it home, Ted. Fozzie, man, it's been such a pleasure. Um, just just enjoy chopping it up. We will do it again during the season. And because uh, we're going to be talking about those Longhorns that are that are going to be making some NFL money as well, so we we will we will save your spot for some time in the season. And we appreciate you joining us, man. Just such a pleasure. Great conversation today. Absolutely, I appreciate both you guys, Cedric and Bo. Man, y'all have a great day, man. I love it. Appreciate. It. Go get your Tony Romo money, okay? <laughs> I'm working on it. I love it, man. All right, have man. a great day. Thank you. All right, y'all. On second thought. Doug, what a great conversation with Fozzie Whitaker. We I don't think we've we've never had him on the podcast. And man, he is so I, I know he's been doing some Big 12 radio for the last couple of years since he got out of out of the NFL. 
And that guy, that guy, he could be a national guy. He, oh yeah, he could. He's got great delivery. He's smart. He knows the game, and 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 he's really witty. I like that about him. He's very polished, and like you say, he's got a good sense of humor. And uh, yeah, he he has all the elements to make it. He really does, and he's somebody we'll be rooting for. Yeah, oh yeah, always always liked him when he played here. Always. Just Always a favorite, everybody. Classy kid, and um, was the team favorite. Uh, yeah, they were absolutely crushed when he got hurt. I'll never forget that because we, we were the media we, we were amazed how how hurt everybody was because you know, you know Fozzie Whitaker was a good football player, but we didn't know until he got hurt that he was the heart and soul of that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, before we get out of here, Doug, Texas baseball huge series this weekend. A big chance to 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 take another step forward in trying to win a Big Twelve regular season title. They let they let the Saturday game and Baylor slip away from them, blew a ninth inning lead, and and cost themselves a, a sweep, as it turns out. But Oklahoma is last place in the conference. Uh, three games set on Friday, seven seven thirty. I mean, three games set this weekend, seven thirty Friday. And Saturday and Sunday, both at two thirty, at the Dish. Um, I think it's a great chance for for Texas to really put their their collective feet on the throats of the rest of the Big Twelve and maybe get some separation. But I hate to say, it, the pitching outside of Lucas Gordon got to be a huge issue, huge concern for David Pierce. Well, their ERA was seven point four one in Waco. I mean, the, the, they walked 26 batters and hit another five in three games. You can't be given free base runners like that and expect to sweep somebody. So, yeah, I don't know what they do. They just, you know, Lucas Gordon has been it. They, they're, you know, they're looking. Zane Morehouse, their closer had a bad weekend. So, it's, they're not in disarray at all. I wouldn't say that. But no, they're in good shape, Doug. They are searching. But, uh, yeah, it's not a Texas pitching staff at this point. And, you know, hopefully they can get there. And Oklahoma, they're sitting there at four and eight. But got some players back from the College World Series finals. I mean, they were right there, you know, trying to win that whole thing. And uh, you look at their record, you know, they got swept by K-State, which gave Texas some trouble here in Austin. Oh, yeah. And they lost two out of three to Baylor. And then the Texas Tech Series last week, you know, they killed Texas Tech 12-2 in, in the final game. And he, I forget it was Friday or Saturday. It was uh, 7-7 in the ninth inning, uh, 6-6 in the ninth inning, and Tech scored seven runs in the tenth inning. Or they would have won that series. That's how close they were. They could have won that series and kind of gotten back into it. But, uh, yeah, you got to win at home. Texas is, what, 24 in home, and uh, you got you got to – fatten up that record at home because this team needs to be in a host regional spot. 26 and 12 overall, good, good shape. Win the wines at this point of the season, eight and four in the conference. And uh, admittedly for me, Doug, better than I thought that they would be. Yeah. Uh, they're, they've going to be in some wild games on Saturday and Sunday. That's, that seems to be the makeup of this team. Tanner Witt is throwing now coming back from Tommy John surgery. We don't know what he can give them once he's back in there. 
it, it I just don't feel good about them throwing all of their eggs in the Tanner Witt basket. Uh, I don't think there should be an inordinate amount of pressure on him. They need to let him work his way back from this thing and not try to be some kind of savior, even though they do have a look of a a one-trick pony when it comes to the starting rotation. It's Lucas Gordon and the Gordon Ayers. Yeah, we don't know when Tanner Witt's going to be on the mound. Uh, you know, he's not going to have extended innings, obviously, getting ready for the postseason. He'll be here before you know it in a month in May. I, I could see him maybe develop into the closer and just be a really strong one-inning guy, maybe two innings sometimes as he builds up his arm strength. But uh, like you said, it's time to take care of business at home because next week they go to TCU for three Ooh, games. That's a big one, man. Third place yep. TCU. Yep. These next two weeks are, are going to tell a lot about Texas season and whether they can hold on to that lead in the Big 12. Big big time series coming up. Uh, we're going to both be at the dish this weekend. Um, we know some of you are going to be there as well. But for now, we, we appreciate you stopping by, listening to us in your cars, on YouTube, on your, on your um, cell phones, and if you're our friend Mark Rosner at the gym, because he's always, always listening to On Second Thought, and we appreciate him. That will do it for Episode 295, all over Fozzie Whitaker and UT Spring Football, all over baseball. We're going to be all over everything else next week when we break down the NFL draft and where some of your favorite Texas Longhorns are going to land. But until then, for Kirk Bowles, I'm Seth Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.